what's involved uh, this week. Proudly brought to you by Retire Rich and Happy. You can check out more about them at retirerichandhappy.co.za. My special guest in studio. Now, um, we were just chatting off air, and I, as soon as I saw that this book was coming out, um, I, I think I must have been one of the first people that said, I have to talk to this man. It's Abed Tao. How are you? Did I get it right, Abed? 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 Yeah, so how I, I tell people to remember is dial a bed or love what you sleep on, a bed, what you sleep on. So uh, a bed. A bed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, the book is called Searching Through Dustbins, an authentic account of the birth of a business. Now, the story behind this is fascinating. I don't want to give too much away. Sure. Um, but let's talk about, about Abed and, and, and you know, you, what, what, where do you come from? What are you all about? Background, education, sure. because it's a fascinating story. And it's, sure. it's, it's one of those stories that you go, hell yes, I can relate to that. Yeah. So start at the beginning for me. Yeah, so Dave, firstly, thank you so much for having me. That's a pleasure, um, I think my story actually starts with my dad. So, you know, there's a, there's a chapter where I write about my dad a bit, but what I didn't say in the chapter is that when my dad was 15 years old, he decided that he's going to move to Joburg, and he was born and bred in Limpopo, and he had decided back then as a 15-year-old that he knew that he wanted to educate himself in Johannesburg because he had thought that the systems in Limpopo were not adequate and he wanted a better life for himself and the kids that he was going to produce at the age of 15. And, you know, my dad went through, um, you know, teaching himself. He lived in Soweto. He um, worked as a garden boy. And the reason I say my story starts with him is because if my dad had not made that single decision to move to Joburg at the age of 15, most likely I would not be where I am today because that catapulted so many things that have sort of gone right for us in terms of his love for education, um, his love for his kids and just wanting better. So my story really just starts with my dad's um, decision decision to sacrifice so much for me and my six siblings. So, you know, we grew up in Joburg, um, often going to Limpopo because a lot of our family is there. I was going to say, the surname yeah. kind of gives away the Limpopo heritage, really. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, you know, we grew up going to Limpopo to go visit our, um, gran, our gran and our cousins. And, you know, my dad eventually worked as a assistant director at the Department of Education. And I'll never forget my metric year because he had access to our metric box before they came out. <laughs> no pressure yeah. there. So, so my my dad knew my metric results like a whole month before. But to the book, I mean, I've always wanted to start businesses. I think the two, three privileges that I think that have been, you know, monumental for me, the one I've just spoke about, my dad's decision. And the second one is that I've, I've, I've always wanted to start a business. Um, you know, in the book, I, d I talk about the various different businesses that I've tried to start. So... You know, if you ask a lot of people what they want to do at 18, 20, 40, a lot of them wouldn't know what to say. And I think one of the things that I've always been blessed with is that I've always known that in some shape, way or form, I'm going to work for myself. And that's quite a, a, a instrumental thing to know at the age of 16, that that's what you want. Because I think in that formative years, you're not really sure. Do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to live in South Africa? Do you want to be a nurse? Do you want to be an accountant? And what I knew as a resounding yes is that I want to work for myself. So I knew that from 16 up until now, and I'm 31, I'd work for myself. And I've always worked diligently to try to get to that goal. But you've had, and I think the total is, uh, I don't know, it could have changed yeah. now since I've, I've last done my cyber stalking, <laughs> like somewhere around 15 businesses in your life uh, from, from doing, from being like a car wash service where you were 
wandering around. Where was it? Houghton, I believe, yeah. uh, with with the buckets and all of the, the materials yeah. going to say, can we, um, you've done that. Yeah. I need you to tell me, though, um, the most interesting one, because let me just give you a bit more background on, on Abed. Is, um, you're a qualified CA. Uh, you, did, you did very well there. You did very well in your studies. Sure. Um, then uh, you currently um, are a director at uh, Tamani Consulting. Yeah. Uh, you're also the co-founder of a fantastic initiative that just makes me so excited called Tutami, yeah. um, which we'll get into. And then uh, Silicon Mabaneng is, yeah. is those. But, you know, hell, okay, it's a lot. But I want you to share the vodka story because <laughs> that, that to me is the hallmark of an entrepreneur. <laughs> oh, man, you're going to get uh, no listeners up there. <laughs> So uh, it's one of my favorite mm. stories. So when I was in first year at UJ, there was a race which still exists called Furandach. They were notoriously known for throwing what was called the punch party. And every two months, they throw this big punch party where hundreds and hundreds of students would arrive. And I saw this as an opportunity to sell vodka. And I had to be strategic in that. I had to get there at 11 o'clock when they were already drunk and unsuspecting of my cheap vodka. You were affordable. <laughs> affordable. affordable. That's a better word there, Dave. <laughs> So I went and bought this vodka called Alaska. Last I checked, it's not even in production anymore. I think it killed me. It's, it's now been turned into paint stripper. <laughs> yeah, probably. We all know those vodkas. But when yeah. you're a student, it doesn't matter. Oh, no. The you, label doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It's the effect. It, I mean, this bottle was 20 rand for one and a half liters. So you can imagine that this is just thinness. You know? <laughs> and uh, I'd go to, at UJ, the McDonald's was quite down the road. So, you know, those white plastic cups of tomato sauce. Yeah, yeah. I'd borrow those, you know, because okay. and those are going to be my shooter glasses. Yeah. And upon arriving at eleven o'clock to the unsuspecting youth, I start selling my shooters for twenty rand a shot, recovering so the whole you, bottle. <laughs> your first from the shot. First shot. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did that quite a long. I did, I did that for like three years until the SRC shut me down. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it just seems that you've always wanted to do this and then you know when i started reading about this stuff i'm like how how and i've i've often made this comment how do you take like you're a ca okay yeah. you're supposed to be dull and gray <laughs> and boring and i mean you know you're not sure. and and you know just from 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 my cyber stalking i mean your offices look like hell that's a great place to be yeah. and and not only that i mean you have, by all accounts, the most amazing wife on the face of the planet. Yeah, Tebs is amazing, isn't she? Yeah, that's why I was going to... I don't know if I should introduce you as Tebs and I, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to introduce me as Tebs and I. Yeah. Um, but this, the book started... I mean, you'd, you'd now... You'd qualified... Um, you went to work for Deloitte. Yeah, I did. You know, now, there's people that are going, so who in their right mind gets a shot at working at Deloitte... And then decides, nah, not for me. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Dave, there's so many things you touched on there. So Deloitte is an amazing company and I learned so much there. They gave me my first opportunity to go overseas. Um, and I lived overseas for six, seven months with Deloitte between Philadelphia and Boston, which is amazing. I learned a lot. And when I came back, I was appointed as a manager in the Africa Learning Team. And that saw me travel into different African countries, which in itself was just an incredible experience. But when I turned 26, you know, five years ago, on my crown birthday on the 26th of Feb, I thought to myself that 
you know, Abed, you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. You said you want to make change. You want to impact. And the way you want to impact is to create sustainability and sustainable jobs. And at that point, I didn't have a dog. I didn't have a cat. I didn't have a wife. Um, I, I, the, the only real responsibilities that I had was helping out at home. And, and I just thought that we serve the, the ones we love the most when we actually reach for our own dreams. So I just thought this is probably now or never. And... Um, Luckily, thank God, we haven't had to look back and it's been almost six years. So, yeah, I've worked at Deloitte, but I just knew that innately in my heart, I want to be an entrepreneur and I, I owed it to myself to want to try. And if I was encouraging my kids one day, if they were sort of sitting at the balcony saying, hey, dad, I want to try soccer or want to try, I'd want them to try. I'd want yeah. them to to go and live a full life and say, you know, these are the things I tried. These are the things I failed and hear the lessons. And and it's not because what I like about the book as well, and we are going to meander. That's what I that's do. Okay. The, the <laughs> listeners are used to me meandering, so it's fine. But it's about explaining and having fun and everything. Um, this was you didn't start out wanting to write a book. Completely not. This was a Facebook post. Yeah. But the the, the you you give a reality check um, about being an entrepreneur but yeah. you give it in a way that is not like to don't even do it yeah. because i've often said to people becoming or being um, an entrepreneur is the most exciting scariest thing you will ever do in your life yeah. and you use that analogy in yeah. your first post yeah which was you've got to look through a lot of dustbins yeah yeah you know um so so you're absolutely right um I was never meant to be an author. On the list of the things I wanted to do, including climb Everest, an author was never one of them. And, you know, last year on March the 22nd, I remember vividly, I don't know what possessed me, but I just decided that I'm going to write a post on Facebook about some of the journey we've had. And it went along the lines. Um, a lot of people think quitting your job is romantic. You get to wear your favorite Nike Air sneaker, get to finally use your Mac Airbook, wear your um, hippie indie earphones and work in that coffee shop and the clients just pour in and the reality couldn't be further from the truth. You're going to have to search through a lot of dustbins, convert every no into a yes until you have a business. Mm. Um, and you know that got shared over a hundred times and so many people i mean it's such a short little piece of writing but it resonated i think it did i think it resonated with a lot of people and you know one of the guys in the comments challenged me to say you know a lot of the people talk about entrepreneurship it's always so glamorous mm. and it's always so look at my instagram i'm traveling and you know this was so refreshing to read to say it's actually tough and it's actually not that great often and he challenged me to keep writing and then I started writing, um, searching through dustbins sort of every two weeks on Facebook. But again, not to try write a book. It was just authentic accounts of how Tebs and I left Deloitte, you know, as 25-year-olds earning over half a million each and went back home and earned 3,000 rand. And Yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's an interesting story about uh, your, your, your brief foray into being a venture capitalist yeah. as well, <laughs> where, where you managed to lose your entire nest egg within a couple of months. But these are stories that ring true. Yeah. Um, you know, because often we do, if somebody is a business owner, yeah. you don't really want to go out and say, listen, dude, it sucks. There are times when I lie in bed and I, I don't know if you're still there. I certainly am. I think, geez, if I had a job now, 
I wouldn't have to worry quite as much because, yeah. you know, I would know I could kind of coast by and at the end of the month, somebody's going to give me a check. Might yeah. not be what I want, but at least I know I'm getting it. Yeah. Um, as an entrepreneur, mm-mm. No and, guarantees. And then, and then, of course, if you are the kind of entrepreneur that, that I aspire to be, which is what I call a conscious capitalist, yeah. you worry about your staff. You worry yeah. about your family, the people around you, because it becomes more important to look after them. Yeah. So you end up going without quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, your, your first offices, uh, you know, you guys, what did, I, think, I think you mentioned that, that the first office, uh, you got a discounted rate for yeah. it for like four grand and a month. couldn't afford it. Though. And then you were able to pay yourselves the princely sum of 3,000 yeah. rand. <laughs> you hear that and you think this entrepreneur thing ain't Not so great. Me, hey? Ain't so great. And yet you've done it. Um, and, and let's talk about, um, never mind the, the, the book so much, but Tamani Consulting. What, yeah. Tell me about that because when I when I read why you were doing it, I, I like wanted to do, like give you a call right there and then and say, listen, I've got a shoebox, mm. several shoeboxes full of slips. Can I come and drop them off? Mm. Um, because you answered what I believe is a massive need for small, medium yeah. businesses. I'll tell you. So, you know, with the businesses that we've started, I think I've learned so many different lessons and I unpack them in the book. And I think Tamani Consulting remains for me actually the epicenter of the message of the book so there's a chapter called um boring is um boring is good stay away from exciting i and like that yeah for me that chapter is everything if you ask any of our business partners at the office that's how we live so with tamani consulting it's a bookkeeping business that we started as a bookkeeping business now we do sort of different advisory services but you know in the fraternity of chartered accountants you'll find very few who'll quit their jobs to say they want to go do bookkeeping because typically it's so boring, it's mundane, it's repetitive. It's not the exciting mergers, acquisition, private equity, leverage buyouts that we all sort of want to do when you just got that, you know, so um, elusive um, four letters after your name, CASA. So a lot of my mates, when I left Deloitte, were getting into corporate jobs and really fancy jobs and fancy titles and fancy um, addresses where they were working. And that was the first lesson for me that, you know, this boring little business was gaining so much traction, but it wasn't getting us any fame. It wasn't getting us front cover newspapers. But what we found is that boring businesses are so uncompetitive because no one wants to do them. No one. And what we quickly learned with exciting businesses or rather the exciting titles, even my friends who are CAs will tell you that they too want to be the FD, but there's only one FD at a company. It's mm. the exciting role and they get, that job gets 100,000 applications and no different to businesses that to me are in the exciting realm. Um, I just find that the boring, the mundane, and they exist in every industry. So whether you're in radio, whether you're in restauranting, whether you're in accounting, there is a boring element, mundane, that no one wants to do but it's so uncompetitive and that's really where i would start as a new entrepreneur but the thing is you you say it's it's boring and yes i mean i i have this aversion to figures okay and i've (laughs) i've said this many many times and the sad part is my fiance is a a microsoft uh, certified highly highly certified uh, 
trainer of yeah. Excel. Okay, yeah. she trains the big, big, big <laughs> boys. Okay, um, the, some of the guys at, at Cecil, the engineers yeah. and everything. She trains them on all, f- and I can't Excel yeah. for love nor money. Can I Excel? Mental block. Yeah. Um, and I and I look at that and everything blurs and it's so boring, but yet. When you talk about boring, what you do is so vital because sure. entrepreneurs, by and large, are not financial people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know when I first started this, I was like, oh, tax. And, yeah. you know, are you a provisional taxpayer? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Providing I have some money, I'll pay tax. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, so you do fantastic. And I mean, it's, it is, it, you say it's boring, but I mean, you know, looking at the offices where you guys are now and the way work gets done there, yeah. it certainly doesn't look like a boring environment. So so we definitely, you know, boring is maybe just the title that I call our business, but we certainly don't run a boring environment. Um, I mean, if you walked into our office, you'd think you're walking into a little Google, you know, it's it's colorful. There's we have music. sleep pods. Uh, we, we're working on those. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the engineers haven't signed it off. But we've got trees, we've got all these sort of things and music and all the all the cool things that make our office really quirky but it was just one of the big lessons for me and an opportunity for us was just that you know we were giving all these amazing services to the big corporates when we were at Deloitte and I just find that the biggest needs in the country where employment is always going to come from were these small businesses, but they didn't know how to project cash flow. They didn't know how to manage their books and how to pay tax and those things even though they seem cumbersome, they they become the in, the thing that inhibits businesses to grow, to, yeah. f- to access to funding, and just thinking about how you grow your business. So it, we actually went into a huge opportunity, if you ask me. Awesome. I'm just having a look for questions and everything that's coming up. There's a couple coming in. Uh, if you'd like to uh, make a comment, if you'd like to ask Abed something, uh, you can SMS us 41348. Those SMSs charge at 150. Otherwise, WhatsApp us. You know the number by now, 84 uh, We'd love to hear from you. Have a chat. When we come back, Abed, I'd like to talk about some of the other businesses because two to me just seems like it's one of those things where you can slap yourself upside down and go, what do I think of that? Because <laughs> it, it seems now that it's launched glaringly obvious yeah, yeah but it wasn't love to talk to you about and that. it's such a stunning business we'll be back with the bed uh, and uh, telling about his life uh, his book searching through dustbins uh, it's a must read that's all i'm going to tell you it's a must read we'll find out now where we can actually get hold of it uh, do all of that in just a bit it is what's involved on mix 93.8 proudly brought to you by retire rich and happy you can find out more at retirerichandhappy.co.za what's involved proudly brought to you by retire rich and happy check out more retirerichandhappy.co.za my special guest in studio uh, abed tau uh, talking about his book uh, searching through dustbins an authentic account of the birth of a business in this case several businesses before the break we said that uh, we would we would have a bit of a chat about your other businesses because two to me is to me absolutely phenomenal i don't understand uh, too much about what the next one, the other one does. Uh, what is it? Silicon uh, Mabaneng. Yes, Silicon Mabaneng. It, it kind of sounds like a tech company, just yeah, off the top of company. my head. But, yeah. you know, tech and me, you know, <laughs> when you get to my age, I battle operating a phone these days. Um, talk to me about about where Two To Me came from. Sure. So it's 2015 and my wife and I wanted to say Tevs and I, but... Go on, do it. <laughs> 
Do it. Is she listening? To, I hope she, she's listening. She is listening. Hey, um, Tebs, next time we're going to talk to you, okay? If I'd, if I'd known you would have come in, I would have said, bring her with. She would have made a better guest. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we decided to take a trip to Silicon Valley to go see the hub of, you know, all this excitement in the world. And we got to go to an MBA class at Stanford who a friend of ours was there. And, you know, being fascinated to be in a class with these young minds um, was in itself an amazing experience. But what fascinated me the most was most of these kids were starting apps. I mean, there were kids that had apps for walking dogs, cutting hair, some of them with no commercial substance. But what fascinated me the most was that they were just trying. Like, And there was just this culture of garage startups and people just saying, I want to try stuff. I want to build an economy. I want to hire people. And I just thought, man, like this is the type of thinking we need in South Africa. And if you mix it a bit with technology, you could really like affect a lot of lives. And, you know, when we were on the flight back, I said to Tebs, I'm going to start a business in technology. I don't know the first thing about coding. I don't know the first thing about SQL queries, but I'm going to start a business that involves some form of a uberification of some, some of the big challenges we have in South Africa. So... Upon, uh, on a, upon our return, was at a briar week after that where I met my co-founder, Dylan. And I don't know how we got talking on that night, but I sort of told him that, geez, you know, I'm so fascinated with technology. And I really wish that I knew someone who could code because I have this really big idea that um, I want to effect change in South Africa. And he was, he was like, well, I'm a software engineer. You know, what's the idea? And initially, it was, we didn't really want to do tutoring or education. We thought maybe we could help domestic workers. We could maybe do something in healthcare, but one of the things that we both agreed on was that education for us remains mm. the epicenter of all of the somatic issues in the country. And if you sort of fix that or address that or touch some lives there, they would have a ripple effect in terms of addressing some of our wider issues, inequality, unemployment, and you know all of that sort of stuff. So we decided on a handshake that we're 50-50 partners at that bri. And on the Monday, Dylan and I started what, it, what, to know, what today is a really good education business called Tutor Me. We were dubbed the Uber for tutoring. We won a number of competitions, went on to raise a significant amount of money to the tune of 8 million rand from different investors. And, you know, today we have a team of coders and um, guys that work for us and the, and for good. You know, it's actually a social enterprise. We, to date, have probably tutored and provided education services to probably over 30,000, 40,000 kids. And it's it's stuff that they ne- not they wouldn't necessarily have access to. 100%. Um, the only downside to that, and I think you mentioned in the book as well, is data in this yeah. country. Uh, so, uh, big uh, providers, uh, oh, if, you know, if you, you're listening tonight, you know, zero rate some data there for yeah. us. You know, it's all good and well that we can zero rate some entertainment data or give you free data for entertainment. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. But I've often, often said this. is That's one of the biggest barriers we have in this country at yeah. the moment is how much data costs. Yeah. And if they can do a social responsibility thing and say, listen, if it's education – we're going to zero rate it. You know, uh, it's, it's such a good point that you make. So, you know, Tutor Me has got two divisions. So it's got a division for varsity learners where we partner with uh, corporates that provide bursaries and we provide kids with, you know, academic support for their tuition in terms of tutoring and mentoring. And from a high school perspective, 
it's absolutely free for learners to go on to mobitutor.com and get tutoring unlimited between 4 and 8 o'clock. They talk to live tutors and teachers every single day. They have access to content like worksheets, textbooks, absolutely free. Um, kids don't pay anything. And the heartbreaking thing is that um, a lot of the kids that we really want to serve don't have access to data. And yeah. we find that the kids that are logging on and are using it are typically kids who are who have access. They've got Wi-Fi at home and they get richly benefit um, from the service and hence the data issue in South Africa. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things and very often we forget about that because whilst many things have changed in this country, there are still many, many, many people yeah. that don't have access to that kind of stuff. And you think about some of the rural areas, how we could transform lives yeah. if we could take technology there even if we plonked down a blooming container yeah. that had internet access for for these kids because it just opens up a Everything. whole new world for you i mean um you're a fan i know from the book i certainly am a big proponent of lifelong learning yeah and you know the internet has become my go-to place now when i want to learn something short courses online where do i go i want to learn this so i'd, I'd call it there is probably a term i haven't coined this just in time learning yeah um but i mean you know if we want to do something in the business or if i have another one of my weird and wonderful ideas you know google is your friend youtube 100%. is your next best friend 100%. and we need to have this access to people like that yeah, yeah, so for I mean, people like that. For me, it's it's actually incredible in terms of what you say because we truly believe that if you open up the internet to a lot of these sort of destitute and disadvantaged places, I think a lot of good would come out of it because places where there are no teachers. I mean, you could run, like you said, you could have a container with internet and you could all of a sudden give access to kids in rural areas, the best teacher, because they can, you know, do a Skype call, they could do a Skype classroom, and all of a sudden the kids there are getting access to the best teachers countrywide. Um, there's just so much stuff that you could do, and, and I'm, I'm optimistic that the country is going to head in those directions, so mm. I'm, I'm not negative, I just think it's taking some time. Yeah. Before we get into, uh, into our next break, um, you did mention in the book, now I don't recall if, if you said it or somebody said, uh, said it of you, but mm. uh, aspirations to be a black brown joffy yes <laughs> you know you're showing off that you read the book <laughs> it's so funny that story because um before we go i'll be quick um you know when i quit my job at deloitte i met up with a friend of mine's husband um jewish guy and you know i was sitting with him and i was saying and again you know when you quit your job people don't understand it ordinarily because they're just like a bed you're doing so well at work you've just become a ca yeah, they what? seem to like you why would you leave and and I remember saying that to him that, you know, I, I want to be the next black Brian Joffe. I want to create multiple industries and a diversified company. And he had a bit of a chuckle, you know, <laughs> understandably, because what Brian Joffe has done is incredible. It's unbelievable. Listen, you know, that's a, that's, he's an amazing man. I think he's the entrepreneur's entrepreneur yeah, in South yeah. Africa, you know. Well, and rumor has it that he does uh, every now and again listen to the show. So maybe, you know, we <laughs> you never, never know. know. <laughs> we never know. I'd love to chat to him, though. I think you should. I'd um, love to get him brought in. But then again, I mean, there's so many people. I don't have enough hours because yeah. of all of the amazing. And this goes back to our country. We've got some of – why do we have to I've – in, I've interviewed international guys, okay, yeah. because I went through a phase where, you know, we oh, we don't have enough knowledge here. We don't have this. Let's yeah. try and talk to international people. Yeah. Good and well. They can bring us stuff. But locally, what we've got on this continent, Rich in this talented. country – 
we get the most amazing, amazing people. I mean, I had Billy Silicani in here the other sure. night. I was blown away. I sure. spent an hour going, I need more time. Let's yeah. talk more. Let's keep going. Yeah. So we've got the most amazing thing. Maybe Brian will give us a shot and, and we can take it from there. Uh, just remember that uh, SMS number if you'd like to ask any questions, 41348 uh, uh, Somebody who's obviously an accountant said, how can you say accounting is boring? I love the numbers. We'll talk about that, maybe. I don't know. What's involved? Proudly brought to you by Retire Rich and Happy. Check it out at retirerichandhappy.co.za. My special guest in studio is coming back. Um, if I need to bring uh, Tebs back so we can have a chat too, <laughs> is Abed Tao, um, author of an amazing book. And this is what is amazing because you say you're not an author, you never you never set out to write a book. Sure. But this, and, it, and it's done in such a human, genuine way. And I think that's why it appealed to me right from Thank the you. time I heard the title of Searching Through Dustbins because it's it's a very South African kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and it's a sad thing on the one side is that we have so many people that do literally search through the dustbins. Search yeah. through the dustbins. But it's it's true, it's inspiring. And I mean, you are what, 30, 31, 31 now? Yeah. Um, fifteen businesses. Um, some people would say, Well, what happened to all of them? Pivot. Pivot. Pivot is the new way of saying it didn't work out. I stuffed up, so I did something different. So now we call it pivoting. Um, I've pivoted a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... You, you, you've done this. You've got the, you've got the tech company. Two to me is now is now up and running. Yeah. Um, your 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 business is your businesses are because you run them all from from your one office, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we do. Um, so, um, Tomani Consulting is is now. It's still a baby, and I love the analogies of of marriages. Because when yeah. I first read like five marriages, and I'm you like, this okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're a very brave man. <laughs> but you liken a business to a marriage, and and and, and the partners, and, and the, the partners, yeah. and so you know, and you say some of them are like children, your your businesses, and they're growing and developing. Yeah. Um, some of them are, are doing better than others, but on the whole, things. Would you say you've turned a corner? Yeah, so overnight so, success taken you like five, ten years, but you've you've yeah, done it. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the disclaimer is that you know what is success. Like, who can really give you um, an adequate enough answer, especially in business? But to be honest with you, we we have found our stride. I mean, collectively, our whole businesses now employ over sixty, seventy people. So um, we we've become like an enterprise. So Tamani Consulting now has three divisions: Tamani Consulting, Advisory, and Assurance. We do audits, we do, we do a whole lot of financial advisory services and we've got two different partners that have now joined the business. Um, we do various work for a lot of enterprises that a lot of people have heard of. Um, you know, Silicon is a good business. We build technology for a lot of um, big household names in South Africa as well, whether it be apps or ERPs. And Tutami, as I said, it's a business that um, we're actually in the process of selling Tutami to the PSG group at the moment, um, which is really cool because they own Kuro and there's just so much they can do mm. with the technology and how to spread it to different um, areas of need. Um, so have we turned a corner? I, I still think we are at the um, embryonic part of our business. I, I think we are enjoying the journey. Um, we certainly are at the point where 
we are not panicking about having to look for jobs, um, particularly the five directors. And that for me is in itself a good story for a five, six-year-old business. But I think the, the message really is that it just takes time. Like, I mean, you know, I liken in the book um, business to a bamboo tree. And I don't, I don't know if you, a lot of your listeners would know just the process it takes for a bamboo tree to grow. You know, it takes five years of you looking after this thing and nothing happens. It doesn't break ground. You put the seed in, yeah. you water it every single day. It must get enough sunlight, nutrients, and you can't give up on it. Five years, you see nothing. It's just soil. It doesn't break a shoot. And at year five, it takes six weeks to grow 40, 50 meters high, making it one of the taller trees in the world. And isn't that our dreams and our businesses? It just, there's no overnight successes and you have to keep nurturing and watering these dreams. And when you do get to a point where it breaks ground, often that's what we then start terming as, oh my God, I bet it's an overnight success. But a lot of people didn't see you watering this bamboo tree with nothing yep. in sight. And, and I mean, we were talking off air again. I, I keep saying, you know, most of the most, some of the most interesting conversations happen off air, so sure. we really should record those as well. <laughs> um, but for me, um, where I used to be very, very financially focused, yeah. define myself by the price of my toys, etc., 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 took me losing everything and re yeah. reevaluating. And I said it to you now, and, and, and I've had it said to me by so many people um, with what I'm doing now, are we making a lot of money. No, mm. not at all. Am I happier than I've ever been in my life? Absolutely. And mm. I think when you get that balance, whatever success means for you, for me, it's about, it has developed into being, becoming to be of service yeah. um, and, and, and to give back. And in the act of giving, if we happen to make money out of it, so much the better because then it becomes easier. But if you don't love what you're doing, yeah. Um, I think it's a challenge. There's a chapter in the book where I say, you know, what to teach your kids. Um, the disclaimer is that Tebs and I don't have kids yet. Um, but, you know, there's, there's three fundamentals that I talk about. I think, obviously, there's so many things to teach your kids. And in the chapter, I, I disclaim that Tebs will teach them all the amazing things. But the three things that I'd love my kids to really learn. Number one, learn to sell. Um, I'll tell mm. you why. I think... A lot of people, if you told them that you've got to be a salesperson, they all sort of shy away from that because they're like, oh, no, I, I, I don't sell. I, I'm the guy who produces the music or I'm the guy that does the, 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 the tea or I, I don't do that. But all of us every single day are selling. You are selling yourself to your husband, your wife, your kids Absolutely. at work. You, 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 when you are you know, pursuing that girl at varsity, you are constantly in the art of selling. Mm. And I really think that... If you teach yourself to sell, you rid yourself of poverty because anyone who can sell will never go hungry. So that's the first thing that I think I'll teach my kids. But to the point that you are making, the last two things out of the three would be um, find ways to serve. Um, I think for me, we would not be enthusiastic about the things that we did if we did not feel that it served others. We are in love with creating jobs. We're in love with seeing how the money we give to our employees changes not just their lives, but the people that they affect and are breadwinners mm. for. You know, it's still a surreal thing for us when our employees go to banks with our payslip and get, you know, car financing and get bonds approved. And, and I always look at these guys, I'm like, are you guys nuts? <laughs> you think I'm going to keep paying you for all these years, you know? 
But you've got to find a way to serve. And service comes from a place of passion and a place of wanting to make a difference. And the last thing is just be a kind person. Like people work with people they like. They yes. do business with people they like. And I just find that kindness for us has just come back in ways I can't explain. Now, when you talk about this, and it's one of the things when, when we do some of our, our trainings, because we also do a lot of sales-related uh, training. Yeah. Um, I work with a, a friend of mine who owns a company called the Sales Institute. Yeah. And what you say is so true. It's one of the things that I always tell people. We are all salespeople, mm. and people buy from people they like. It 100%. costs nothing to be nice and, and, and to be kind. Now, talking about that, a little business like mine, if I came walking into um, your company tomorrow yeah. um, with my shoebox yeah. full of slips, would I be welcomed with open arms? Absolutely. So we service from the guy who is still thinking of a business idea who just wants to sit with us for an hour for us to help him ideate and think of the pitfalls that he might not be seeing yet right up to some listed entity. So we, we with the divisions being Tamani Consulting, Advisory and Insurance, we're able actually to cater to a multi a multifaceted type of client. So yes, we still take the shoebox client. We welcome. We actually love them the most because for us, that's our I, source of inspiration. That's where the entrepreneurship is. I think, like, I think that that's, that's what I was hoping you would answer. Yeah, like, so for us, like, the energy comes from the guys in the shoe boxes because there's no bigger passion than you'll find in an entrepreneur who's trying their business. Corporate is great. They create jobs. Um, but I think a lot of corporates have become exactly that, corporatized and lose a sense of entrepreneurship. They've got bureaucracy. Um, and we quite like the guys who stay on the, you know, the maverick side of the fray and still want to be change makers. And there's nothing more exciting than being in a room with entrepreneurs. And if you have not done that, I encourage all your listeners to spend a week meeting different entrepreneurs and asking them about their goals, their dreams, and where they want to go to. If that doesn't inspire you in one week, I don't know what will because it's unbelievable. That's why I love doing what I do. Uh, when I'm sitting here behind the microphone, it's, it's, you know, how lucky am I? I get yeah. to speak to people like you. I get to meet people like you. And then we get to share yeah. this journey, this experience with yeah. our listeners. And to me, it's the most satisfying It's rewarding, thing. eh? Anyway, we're running out of time. I hate when this happens. Um, you put in the book there, and I'm going to ask you. Let's okay. Let's do this in a logical sequence. Um, the book is available all good bookshops online yeah. as well. Yeah, so available at, on Amazon in ebook format or Kobo. And various um, websites. I've got a website, searchingthroughdustbins.com, where I actually sign copies if you buy online, um, mm -hmm. and they get delivered countrywide, but available in every exclusive book, CNAs, um, countrywide. So I've been very fortunate yeah. that the distribution is quite wide. I've, I've been having to do a lot of reading over the last little while because I've had some amazing people in. Yeah. Um, but and, and I say this often, but seriously, this this is a great book. and Thank And you. if you're... You know what, even if you are an entrepreneur already, read it because it'll give you some wake-ups. But if you're thinking about it, if there's that little part of you that talks to you at 2 o'clock in the morning and that says there's got to be more to life than this, yeah, this is the book for you. Because, yes, running your own business is amazing, but this gives you not only a roadmap, but it's 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 somebody who's, who's walked the walk and, and walks the talk. So um, get hold of the book. I think it's brilliant. Um, for you personally, Abed, what's next? What is your next? <laughs> yeah, so, 
You know, I liken entrepreneurship to a bird that's been in a cage its whole life and the day that it's released from the cage, it never wants to go back. Um irrespective of whether the flight plan went wrong. Um so so for so for me and I speak for myself, my wife and my three other business partners, I think we are committed to lifelong entrepreneurship, lifelong learning and lifelong impact in South Africa um, and Africa as a continent. I think we are the most talented people. I've got to travel globally, so I don't say this with any you know, um, ignorance. We have the most talented people in South Africa, and yeah. there's no reason why we cannot create global businesses from our home front, and I want to be part of that. And whether that l- leads me to one day list a company on the JSE, on the NASDAQ, on the LSE, that's going to be part of my journey and... I hope to enjoy the bumps and the ups and the downs because that all makes the excitement. I look forward to joining you uh, and chatting to you about uh, your business and its evolution. Part Thank two, you. searching through dustbins on the cards. Look, uh, so <laughs> Listen, you got it in print, so you've said it in the book. I'll say this. If I do do another book, it'll be called Look What I Found in the Dustbin. Awesome stuff. Abed Tal, thank you so much for joining us uh, here tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege. David, thank you so much. And I hope that the listeners really do just go out there. Not even if they don't buy my book. I think it's so important that people read people's stories and learn something from it. I don't have the blueprint to everything in the book, but I encourage people to start reading books about entrepreneurship and and, and doing more and being active. Fantastic stuff. My special guest in studio, Abed Tao, Searching Through Dustbins, uh, an authentic account of the birth of a business is the book's name. Thank you so much. You guys have an awesome week. I'll see you again next Monday. Uh, Before I go, one last thing. Thank you for listening.